0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All The Things podcast, episode number 11, Box, Flexbox, and Grid. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. What have you been up to this week, Mike?
1: Hey, Matt. So uh, this week, had a little bit of networking issues. I uh, had to get those solved. It's kind of annoying. Uh, so had a ha, router at home, kind of I guess, crapped out. Like I'm not even I'm not even sure it was just random intermittent. Some web pages not working, some Skype calls not working. That was when I was like, okay, it's got to change now because I use I use Skype for my business meetings, and I had a situation where I a I didn't receive a message and b I couldn't even like send a call. Uh, so that that was bad. So went out and bought like a mesh router system. Right. Uh. Yeah, you know, like the the Google Mesh ones, but like I decided to get something a little bit cheaper um, because I didn't want to spend all that money on Google Mesh right now since I've never used a mesh system. Uh, so I, I got these things called the TP-Link Deco Routers and I set them up today and they've been pretty, pretty solid. Like they're all, there's two of them in my house right now. Uh, there's twos and three packs. I, I figured a two pack would probably suffice for my house and it's definitely servicing the whole house. Like I'm getting really good connection in areas where I got like not really good before. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so I figured I figured I'd just let everyone know that these these routers are actually decent, and I'll, I think we'll leave a sponsored link or in the uh, not a sponsor but an affiliate link in the show notes in case you guys want to check them out. Uh, the other thing I was working on and released was the actual uh, next part of the VueJS guide. Uh, we're building, like, learning to build pages dynamically with JSON there, and it's uh, it's released and it's going pretty good. Hopefully, everyone checks it out. I think uh, we'll do a follow up episode at some point on Vue.js. JS. Uh, I don't know if it's g- probably not next week, but maybe the week after that. So stay tuned for that. Uh, what about you, Matt?
0: Uh, so I've been basically as as we've been discussing the last few weeks, I've been kind of focusing more on HTML, all the things. This week's been no exception. Uh, so what I've been trying to develop. Is a faster writing skill, so I used to write quite a bit uh, for for a couple of technical publications, and I was like, I kind of got really good at really quickly writing stuff out. But I'm kind of out of practice. Like, I still kind of write in the same style that I was before for sure, but I I'm kind of out of practice in writing quickly and coming up with the ideas quickly. So I kind of started banging out a couple of articles. I haven't actually published a couple. I've only published one, but I've like you know kind of started them. I'm just trying to like trying to branch out and like I've written like half paragraphs of some and stuff like that just to try to get some out. And I have one out now uh, regarding smart speakers and how uh, they're kind of like the next level of uh, computing. That's not on HTML, of the things that's just on my medium blog, but that's I'm working basically toward getting faster writing. And then hopefully I'll be able to write, you know, more frequently and faster for HTML, the thing. So I'm just kind of like trying to develop writing in general. I've also been working on the subreddit. So a lot of it's been the back end, you know, you guys probably haven't noticed much, maybe a couple of color changes on post flares or something like that. But I have been working on the subreddit and been posting on there and we have a new subscriber on there too. So our new follower, whatever they call it on Reddit. So it's been, it's been going well. Um, so if you guys want to go check that out, you know, give it a go, share your own work on there. Of course, we want everyone to kind of discuss and, and uh, have a bit of a conversation on there because, uh, you know, we repost a lot of stuff also on Instagram and that type of thing, because the most interesting stuff in this industry, of course, comes from, you know, the the vast amount of opinions and different like UIs that people make and stuff like that. So uh, for mm-hmm. sure. Anyway, but uh, I think we'll get into the the actual episode, as we normally do. So we have a few segments for you. Of course, the recurring segment, Web News, as we always do. Um, So segment number one is going to be the layout models. It's going to be a brief overview. It has a few subsections uh, that apply to the various to the various uh, like models that we have there, we have segment number two, which is box versus flex box versus grid. So this is just more of a direct comparison, a um, little bit more editorialized in this segment. We're going to kind of talk about our experiences with them, um, what we use them for, what, our, like, what we thought was easiest to use, what we think of them, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a couple of subsections and a lot of talking points there. And then we don't have a third segment this week. We only have the two because uh, we have uh, we kind of have a loaded second segment, as I said. But we also have a loaded web news this week, and this is going to be unobtrusive ads. And of course, this is a highly opinionated uh, piece here, so this is definitely going to you know trigger some conversation about that for sure. And I think we should just uh, sort of dive right in. Let's uh, let's go right into it. So. I'm just gonna kinda of go over a brief introduction before I jump into the first segment here. So of course we're talking about CSS layout methods. So there's the box, the flex box, and the grid. And they're kind of like evolutions of each other as things on the web have evolved from tables, which are, you know, pre pre these things, versus you know, getting closer getting, you know, easier to lay out, you know, using more CSS rather than inline styles and like just tables to lay things out. And then eventually, of course, now we have you know, responsive designs, various screen sizes, you know, not everyone is on a big IBM uh, CRT monitor anymore as it was back in the day. So that's, uh, that's you know, that's this is the evolution of the industry. Um, so we're going to jump into the first segment here, uh, layout models. And I do want to say that uh, I did grab a couple of points from a, an article um, that I found on a website called uh, Stack Chief, and uh, that will be linked in the description or slash the show notes as it always is. But the first subsection here is the box model. So the box model is sort of—I um, want to call it—I mean, it's in, it's tech old, right? Like it's not like super old. It's not forty years old or anything ridiculous. But it's old, but it's still viable. So it was kind of used alongside um, when tables were kind of used for when tables were kind of used for uh, layout. So if you don't know HTML tables, like, so if you're just driving into the industry right now, uh, back, way back, they used to use tables for layouts to try to get like, sort of like a grid kind of setup. So they would have like, oh, my sidebar is going to be this cell in my table and my content is going to be these cells in my table. So that that that's kind of how they did things until the, until the box model kind of came along. And we've seen a variety of sites where people are trying to update, especially from, you know, rather old sites where people have, you know, use tables exclusively or use them actually in tandem with the box model because people started to, you know, update the content and realize like, whoa, this is pretty old. Maybe we should add a couple of boxes, a couple of divs to the bottom of this when we add like a new uh, content block. So we see kind of like, you know, a hybrid. So this like, that's kind of like the transition. Um, basically, um, in the box, in the box model, um, in the box model there, you can have like a basic, basic element breakdown. So what it, what it is, is it, it, there, it, it comprises of four parts. So it comprises of the content. It comprises of the padding, the border and the margin. So if you think about like a square or like a rectangle, you have the content right in the middle. So that might be like your image or excuse me, maybe your, maybe your written text, maybe a title, something like that. Then you have your actual padding. So the padding is the space in between the actual content. So let's say the writing to the outside edges. So if you imagine a box with like an actual just solid border, um, like a little outline, maybe like a one pixel wide black outline, and then there's like the content in the middle, and maybe there's like 10 pixels all the way around from the content to the border, that's your padding, that's that space in between. Then of course, you have your actual border, as I mentioned, you can have various styles there um, I mentioned the one pixel solid uh, solid black kind of outside, but you can do different different colors different thicknesses you can have them be solid you can have them be dotted there's a couple of different uh, styles with them and that type of thing that's your element breakdown in the box model so that's your that's your single element that's your element that's just sitting there by itself but then you got to think well we're gonna have multiple elements like for example multiple content boxes that are sitting around um, sitting around like on the page of course because you have multiple elements on a page and that's going to be controlled uh by margins that's going to be controlled by borders uh that's going to be controlled by the padding that we mentioned so like you can kind of push things away with clear space you can have the borders you can have margins pushing things away from the outside you can have um Borders kind of like separating things if you want them right up against each other, but want clear separators. So that's like the spatial relationship. When you start introducing more elements, you can use those, those elements, like I said, margin, border, and padding to sort of like, you know, decide how you want things. Do you want there to be space in between? Do you want them to be up against each other, but have the content, have some space, maybe add some padding, that type of thing. You can also set dimensions for stuff. So for example, if you wanted something to specifically be 250 pixels high and 300 pixels wide, you can absolutely do that. And then, of course, with the box model, uh, you you also have floats. Now, full disclosure: I don't really use floats. I always thought floats were kind of messy. Um, However, I do use floats for um, one of its most common uses, and probably one of its simplest uses, which is to wrap text around an image. So, you know, just real easy example: if you have a paragraph and you want there to be an image kind of in there, and you want the text to wrap around said image, you would use a float and have like the content and or the picture like float one way and then have the the text kind of like wrap around it there um however when you do that of course you then have and and we've seen this a lot i've seen this a lot in a lot of templates and a lot of like pre-built pre-built web pages where you have a lot of clear fixes that come up so you basically you you have to use the clear property and the clear property specifies which elements can float beside uh the clear element and uh, on which side of of said element um, and like I said, there's a bunch of clear fixes out there. A lot of a lot of time you'll have um, a class literally just called clear fix. And uh, I'm going to link an H uh, uh, W3 schools uh, uh, link in this in the show notes to sort of like show you because there's a, there's a couple of uh, pretty good clear fixes and a pretty good outline of the box model um, on there as well. Now we're going to move on to the second, second uh, subsection here, which is the flex box. So the flex box is essentially the, um, in my opinion, it's sort of like the evolution of the box model and it allows for easier CSS layouts when dealing with responsive web pages. So you basically how, how it's set out is like, so in the box model, like I said, there was kind of like your element and then you had like your border, your padding and your margin there. That's sort of, that's sort of like the the basics, the, the the foundation of the box model. Well, inside a flex box or with a flex box, the, the, the basic structure is you'll have like a wrapper and that's called a flex container. And then inside of those, so the child elements, those are the flex items and they get manipulated via various properties. And the various properties that can be placed upon a flex container are flex direction, justify content and align items. And there's also some that I use less frequently um, or not at all uh, is align content, flex wrap and flex flow. So those are the ones that you kind of play. So you, you basically have a container and you place those properties, the one, the ones that you need on the flex container, and that'll manipulate the items within the container. So if you imagine it, you would have, let's say a three column, a three column, like you have three blocks, right? So like three different descriptions on a home page, and they're, they're aligned left to right, right? So you basically have your flex container would wrap all three of those boxes each one of those boxes would be a flex item and then you might have a nested flex item or maybe even a nested uh, box model or a nested something else um, inside of there to align the content within those boxes so that's just kind of like a brief description of how flexbox works Um, and it's one it's for one-dimensional layouts so for, so for example you have like your flex direction which is either column or row so that's left to right or up and down and you can also flip those directions as well so you could in the dom you could have something come up as like you know there's the first element the second element and then the third element so that'll go like left to right one two three you can actually flip those orders and go three two one with just a css property with flexbox uh, which is quite helpful so flexbox kind of specializes in responsive layouts and allows for much easier control over elements that need to adjust as the screen size changes um, in the box model you had to control this Like i mentioned before with wrapping things with uh with uh, dimensions with different methodologies to make sure that items would actually wrap around so like what i'm talking about when i say wrap there is sort of like a text wrap so it goes to, like the next line you kind of had to like it worked but it was kind of hacky with the box model so this is like an evolution where you know the elements or the, the behaviors that you were producing in box model are kind of native to Flexbox, like having boxes go, you know, left to right, and then on mobile, they'd go up to down, right, the, the row and the column, that, that type of thing. Um, and elements are more seamlessly controlled. So kind of like what I mentioned there via justify content and uh, align items properties. So for example, for example, um, on smaller displays, the flex direction would get flipped from uh, row to column. So it's sort of like, like I mentioned with those three boxes, they'd be left to right, but let's say you start getting your screen size way down and you're you're now on a smartphone. It goes top to bottom one, two, three, those three boxes. Um, now I'm going to move on to the next subsection here, and I'm going to pass that actually on to Mike, and he's going to cover uh, grid or CSS grid, it's more commonly known.
1: Mm -hmm. All right, Matt, so I'll get into grid. Uh, So pretty much grid is just like the other models, but it's the, I guess the evolution would say of Flexbox, um, with a little bit of table mixed in, almost, you can imagine it like that, so uh, you just, to set it, you just do a display grid property or inline grid, uh, and the bi- the big thing here is that it's a multi-direction layout so it's two-dimensional which means that you're you're doing columns and rows all in the same box all in the same div in the same container uh, which is great for laying out stuff like it's we'll, we'll get into more of our experiences with it in the next section but like imagine laying out a whole web page in one container without having to do a bunch of nested divs uh, so pretty much you can customize each and every property of the grid. So the number of rows, the number of columns in the grid, uh, you can customize the size of each row and each column per row and per column. It doesn't have to be like one size set all, uh, it can be in any element, any, uh, metric you want. So pixels, percent, view height, view width, auto, however you want it. Um, you can do the spacing in between each row and column. So you can imagine how flexible a CSS grid layout can be. Uh, It's, it's extremely, it's, it's very visual when you see it. So you can, you can say it like it's an, any item can be placed into a coordinate system. That's how visual it is. Like you can literally specify a coordinate uh, based on the number of rows and columns you specified and put an item there. Uh, you can do it based on numbers, just like you would if you if you're into more of a number-based coordinate system. Or there's another way to do it with actual grid template areas. This is another CSS property of the CSS grid, where you can actually put text-based coordinates. So you can you can make a text-based grid. Uh, it's a little bit hard to explain uh, with, with words, but imagine imagine having like three rows. The first row you would just put if you want four. Four columns, you would put actually like header, 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 on on top of that, and that and that makes a four-column row that's all header. Then maybe the second the second uh, the second row, you want uh, two mains, so that's like your main content area. So main, main space, main, and then you want like a blank, so you want just like a space in between like a content. So you put a dot. That's how you do blanks in CSS grid. And then on the right, you put sidebars. So these all represent different grid areas inside of your css grid and you can and while you're using these words like you're using actual words to represent uh rows and columns right so when you're actually designing and putting that making that row all you have to do is give it a name so a a call like the grid name of header and it'll take up all four of those uh all four that you just mentioned there with header 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 it'll take up that entire top section just like you, just like you put there, and when you're putting the HTML layout, you're also laying like it's very clean because you're just writing, you know, class header, and you don't have to put it into, you don't have to encapsulate it into a bunch of different divs to make it a row or a column, like usually with uh, with block model, you would have to make a a row for a row uh, div first, and then inside of that row div, you would put like a, a header, and you'd have to put a couple a couple other things in there, but here you could just make one div. Just call it a, just call it a header, and it'll place it based on the CSS property header that you've created. Uh, so it's a little bit hard to explain uh, tech, through text. So we're gonna provide some links. Uh, CSS Tricks actually has some really good articles on it. That's where I kind of started learning CSS grid. Uh, so I will provide some links for that. Um, but other than that, so another thing I really like about it is I like to do a lot of uh, like napkin drawings, and mainly because I suck at regular drawings, so I kind of compensate by using a you know a crappy napkin. Uh, so I, 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 and when you're, when you're laying out, when you're laying out something on a napkin, uh, you can easily do it with CSS, like you can easily picture it with CSS grid because you just kind of put a box around each and every section and write like, oh, this is going to be the header. Uh, this is going to be the main content. This is going like, put a box around that. That's going to be the sidebar. And then you can easily translate that directly onto, into CSS code. Uh, I really like that about it. I like, to, I like to combine my visual with my text, with my programming uh, when, I, when I can, because it gives an easier, like, it's easier to, to program in the end when you actually have a visual product. When you're just kind of doing it based on something in your head, it's a little bit harder, and you, you, you generally make more, more mistakes. Uh, so another thing is, is that um, since this is a newer uh, property, css grid it's not supported by all the browsers but recently over the past year or so all the major browsers do have support for it we'll get more into compatibility later but just just know that it's not the most supported of all the things if you're if you have to design something for you know the, your 70 year old grandfather's uh you know club or something like that and you know they're going to be using old you know xp computers with internet explorer on it, it you might want to stay away from this but other than that, I think it's a it's a pretty fair game, very fair game to use. Um, but other than that, I think that's it. I think we've got. I think we've covered the three main display properties, right?
0: Yeah, the three main uh, layout models of, of CSS yeah. for sure. Um, like like I mean, there's there's the whole table thing, but that's so old yeah. and it really shouldn't be used. Like it was kind of a a hack of its day, and these are the the product of trying to figure that out, right? It's like, oh, we use tables, and then people are like, oh, man, we have tables to do this certain thing. Let's, you know, evolve from box to flex to to grid, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think we should just move on to the next section where we can kind of have a back-and-forth conversation about how we've used them and uh, our experience with these, all three of these models. So I'll pass it off to you, Matt.
0: Yeah, so segment number two here, we're going to do a comparison of uh, box versus flex, box versus grid. So I'm going to start out here with responsivity. So, uh, full disclaimer: I, I haven't used grid myself. I haven't been on a project in which it requires grid. Grid is quite new, so just just a full disclaimer there. I have used a, a box model as well as flexbox quite extensively, though. So that's sort of like where my uh, particular uh, skills lie, in my firsthand experience. But I have seen quite a bit on grid. So just disclaimer there.
1: But yeah, and I'll and I'll jump in and kind of fill out the grid. I've used it. I've also I haven't used it extensively, but I've used it for a few projects. So
0: yeah. So you at least have some of that because it is so new, right? Like everyone is yeah, the I most new yet. at that. <laughs> so exactly. Um, we have all, so we've, we've all, we've used all three of those of the, uh, of the responsive layout method. So the, but uh, many, many of our, current projects, or many of the projects that we did in the beginning, I really should say that are live today, are actually still box models. So despite the fact that we've used all those different types of layout methods, um, a lot of them are still box model. Box model um, is still supported across all the browsers, including Internet Explorer. So if you're looking for older compatibility, it is uh, obviously the oldest layout method um, that we've covered today, the oldest layout method in CSS that I'm aware of anyway. And basically, it's It's still like the reason why I mentioned it is because it's still viable. So we've never done anything that hasn't been responsive. The first thing that we said when we dove into this industry and decided to learn it firsthand uh, to become to become professionals in the industry was, okay. well, we know the phones are big. Obviously, at the time, Uh, we know the phones are big. I think the S5 was out when we started or something like that. And it was like, okay, like, you know, phones are big. Tablets are big. Touch devices are big and different screens are all over the place, different size screens. So we're going to learn responsivity for everything. And a lot of that, a lot of our stuff is in fact box model. So in other words, like if you're, you know, sitting there right now thinking, oh shoot, I'm halfway through a project. I'm using box model right now. Maybe I should be using Flexbox. Maybe I should be using grid. Well, maybe that's true, but there's absolutely no reason for you to, you know, tear up what you've done or anything. You can use the various methods. Um, you know, in tandem with each other. You can use a little box model uh, with with a little bit of grid, with a little bit of flex box. There's no problem there. But if you want to continue with just box model, it's still absolutely viable. You know, modern phones, we have a lot of projects, like I said, in production and modern phones, render box model perfectly fine. It's still responsive. It still works. And there's, you know, the customer isn't, you know, generally isn't technical. He's not looking in at the code and saying like, oh, why isn't this flex or why isn't this like grid? It still works and it like still does all the goals and there's no weird hacks or anything going on uh with that i would say that um box model um is the most challenging however to get working with responsivity so things like um a lot i have to use a lot more calcs for example um in properties uh vertical alignment isn't as seamless as it is certainly with uh flexbox like vertical alignment kind of has a couple of css methods and there's a couple of little um, I want to call them hacky things, but a couple of little methods that you have to do for vertical alignment, whereas with Flexbox, it's very, very simple. It's just simply uh, aligning or justifying uh, your items uh, so that it you know becomes dead center, if that's what you're going for. It's very it's very seamless in Flexbox, whereas with Box model, it requires a little bit more uh, hand-holding. Um, and I also find that Box model, at least personally, wasn't really designed with responsivity in mind. Um, or if it was, it's more of a gen... It's more of like a Gen One product, which it really is. So it's one of the uh, the first things that people started doing in CSS in terms of layouts, and it's it's very you ha- you have to kind of micromanage the parts. So it's like you have to really micromanage um, your various pieces when you're doing responsiveness. Um, I find that I use a lot more media queries when I am using box model, um, especially on complex sites. You know, it's different for every project depending on their complexity. But if it's a complex it's a complex site, uh, generally, I'll have more media queries to correct things at certain resolutions when I'm using box model. Um, And of course, there's exceptions to every rule, but that's just sort of a generality there. Um, Also, uh, so Flexbox and Grid, like I already said, are by far the easiest for uh, responsivity and when I say that it they can actually save you or save us like like several hours of development time in some cases. So when we were first learning, we learned the box model or at least I did and then I switched to Flexbox and I found it a little bit harder to pick up Flexbox was, but it like once I figured out what the heck was going on, I was literally like slinging pages together, like basic pages together in in seconds. Uh, in comparison to what I was doing with the box model, with like trying to correct weird vertical alignments and and other stuff like that. Um, I think I'll pass it on to uh, Mike to talk about uh, the different layouts that we've uh, kind of experienced.
1: Uh, no, I'm going to talk about responsivity for a little bit longer. Okay, because uh, yeah, I have a few things to add there. So with with flexbox and like I I've mainly used flexbox and grid. I would say like I have definitely used box model and initially, and I kind of like bang my head against the table uh, with box model. Um, because I really didn't like the, like the, the alignment, right? Like whenever I would ask you questions, what was it about? It was 90% about like, why isn't this aligning to center? Why isn't this like, why can I not vertically align? Like it's not possible to vertically align a div inside of another div. I, without calculations, without knowing the exact height of the divs and stuff like that, like it it, it blew my mind. Um, but when I went to Flexbox and I saw that, you can know, justify content center, align item center, done that center that's centering everything you know do everything in percents do everything in view heights or uh, view widths and you got a, you got yourself a responsive page that was huge for me uh, that's that literally like you like you said it literally saved me hours of work um, because because of that and it just it was really consistent too like so one I could really apply the same technique for every single project whereas block model uh, based on the layout that you had I would have to think of a whole new technique that's what killed me. Like I would have to, you know, is this going to be an inline block? Is this going to be a regular block? Am I going to have to vertical align it this way? Like, is this just text because I'm vertical aligning text? So I, maybe I can just do, you know, vertical align text because that's easier. Um, anyway, I like, so I have to really think of different and more different ways of doing responsivity. But another, another thing is grid. Like, I just want to talk a little bit more about grid uh, for that. And the cool thing about it is, is you still use you still use media queries for grid, but like I said, with those um, those named call, like named sections, you can just redesign a grid template area for each and every media query. So if you don't want your main section to be beside your sidebar, then just make another row and put it, put your sidebar in another row, and all you have to do is just change your grid template area because that's where all of your that's where your structure is. Uh, your named structure is, and if you just change that, that's all you have to do. It's a one, it's a one CSS change uh, thing. You don't have to change any HTML. You don't have to do anything else. You literally just add add another row into a grid template area. Done. Uh, it's it, to me that that seems the simplest, and that's I think it's the future of of design. Like once. Once we get into like a more personal project I'm definitely going to go into CSS grid where I don't have to worry about backwards compatibility to ie or backwards compatibility to even edge uh, like older versions of edge um, I'm definitely gonna go with CSS grid but another thing is like uh, these the, some suggestions I've heard for using resp- uh, responsivity in CSS grid and for using maybe a different support uh, way of doing it is maybe designing mobile first and mobile can be using just like regular Flexbox, right? And then building out your larger screens after. And your larger screens and more complex screens can use CSS Grid. And then if, worst case scenario, someone goes onto it with an unsupported device, they at least see a clean mobile layout. And that's probably not going to be as jarring as seeing, you know, everything misaligned and no, no styling at all if, if Grid's not supported. Uh, so that, that's kind of like a suggestion that I've been I've been told to use. Uh and now i'll i'll just move on to like how how i use how i used all three for layouts just simple uh simple layout mechanisms so pretty much with with all three of them i have designed basic sites and all three i think are suitable no problem for a basic you know uh header section main section footer site i don't think there's any there's really much of a difference to be honest uh, it 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 gets into the more like the more complex sites where you have A a big grid area, like a lot of content in one area, uh, sections broken up with image, then text, image, text, those kinds of sections, where Flexbox and Grid kind of, you know, separate themselves from the box model. Um, And I've done quite a few, uh, quite a few of those sites recently, like I've done quite a few pages where I had to really, like the design was very, very complex compared to what else other things that I've done like many many sections all the sections had sections within them with with different kind of like points and then images images beside the points like when you when you have like let's say a a bullet and then a bullet point and then to the left of that you have an image and you need to center the image the the bullet point to the image you kind of you, you kind of run into an issue with the block model because uh, you would have to again do the calculation. As as far as I know, like maybe I'm I'm wrong on this. Matt, like, Matt, do you know of any other way to vertically align an Im- like text to an image on the left hand side with with block model? I'm just trying to think with.
0: Um, I mean, off the top, with especially with an li, I think you might run into problems. Like, I think you might yeah. be right there, just off the top. Like, it'd be it'd be something I'd have to look at. But I like it, it that, that's just it is like, I, I, think it's, I, I think you're right. Like it's something I would have to look up because like, I'm not yeah. sure on that, you know?
1: Exactly. So I think it would be like, and then with flexbox, you literally just go, uh, make it, you know, uh, align item center, justify content center. Yeah. You could also, you, again, you can also justify content, uh, flex start, flex end, depending on how you want, like where you want your content to be aligned, but it's just, it's very simple. And and it's it's very intuitive as well. That's what I found. Like it's it's not like oh okay I have to go in and look at how to do this. Like no, I can just you know if you need to align content, you literally use align content. Um,
0: I I if, so, if if I may jump in just for one sec, yeah, it
1: almost sounds like
0: it almost sounds like you the layouts like these various layout methods. I just kind of thought of this is it's starting to they're starting to in, inherit what frameworks do for us or like libraries do for us. So it's like with box model. We used to have, like, a lot of people would rely on the grid method that, like, you know, let's say Bootstrap has. It still has it, but, like, a lot Mm -hmm. of people would rely on the grid, and then, like, kind of boxes were a little bit, like, flaky, let's say. And then, Mm -hmm. then, you know, Bootstrap kind of adopts Flexbox, but it's like, that's a native feature now as well in CSS. And then now we have CSS grid, so it's almost like the CSS spec, essentially, is being updated alongside what what functionalities needed that these libraries and these like frameworks were doing so it's like you know there was a need for grid way before there was a there was css grid that was a native feature there was a need for flexbox way before there was a flexbox and there was a need for box way before there was that box like css like the box model was introduced so just something i've just kind of thought of off the cuff there
1: yeah, that, that exactly that makes sense. And then you you can also speaking of the all three, right? You can also combine them. So if if you're if you have a situation where you have a one dimensional component of a site, so like a nav bar is a good example. Flexbox does that perfectly. Not to say that CSS grid can't do one dimensional. It can do one dimensional no problem. It's just maybe you're you're really familiar with Flexbox and you've done a million nav bars in Flexbox. But you still want to do CSS grid for the actual content structure of the site. So make you know a header section, and then just put a CSS a flexbox nav bar into that header section. That's no, there's that's fully compatible. That's actually a very common thing that people do. Uh, and then again, inside like you can make content blocks inside inside of each uh, inside of your grids right and inside of there you can use box if you're if you're really familiar with box for each and every like little you know content block with a picture and some text under it uh, that's fine too like there's not there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing there's no issue with that and I ha- I've done that myself um it's it's familiarity it's it's what you need like if you have a infinite amount of time to work on it and if, if you want to learn something new maybe it's worthwhile to do everything in CSS grid. Uh, because you're learning a new technology and stuff like that, but who has that time? Like, who has who's working on on their uh, you know client's project and they give them infinite amounts of time? No, you want to do it as fast as possible. You also want to make sure that you're you're still keeping up with new technologies, so you can kind of slowly combine them. So maybe you're more fam- like comfortable just doing the structure. Do that with CSS grid. Do everything else in something that you already know. Um, so. Anything like anything that requires a two-dimensional structure, like I was mentioning before, like a full website layout, uh, especially if there's multiple components in the website, not just a you know header content footer. Uh, then I would definitely still recommend using CSS grid now. Um, and again, when you're doing that, keep in mind that some browsers aren't going to support it, so make sure you you build in some backwards compatibility into there in some sort of way. Uh, so that's really all I have to say about layouts. I don't know if you have anything to jump in. Like, how do you structure your your sites right now? Do you use like do you still use block model, or you, you're saying you're you're moving on to Flexbox, right?
0: Yeah. So basically, we were we were building custom sites, and the majority of them, just due to familiarity, was box model. And then um, you know, I started looking at Flexbox. Obviously, like I had looked at it here and there. Um, you know, for I'm going to say the upwards of a year. And then mm-hmm. I really sort of started diving into it because we started using Bootstrap because some sites, did, like some of our client sites, need to be kind of spun up really rather quickly. And then I kind of realized, like, hey, you know, I'm putting, you know, the D-Flex the d flex class on stuff. But realistically, I could just be doing the property display flex. Um, like, yeah, so I l- never
1: understood that. It's a good it's a good point. Like, why why even use mm-hmm. Bootstrap? I guess to make it so that everything's in like your HTML to make it easily readable or something. I don't, know. I don't
0: know. Well, that that that's kind of the that kind of goes back to that comment I was saying where things are starting to replace the libraries and frameworks that we have, right? Like people were saying, oh, like 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 I don't really use the grid on Bootstrap much. I was using it more for because I, I I thought it'd be easier to lay out. But then since Bootstrap adopted Flexbox, it's like okay, well now you guys are complementing each other. Like like Bootstrap's so useful. I'm not saying it isn't. But like it's it they complement each other so closely now. Whereas before it was like Bootstrap and these other like you know similar similar frameworks or libraries or you want to call them were, was adding a functionality. Now it's like it's just like a, like an interface for what's existing. I think is what's mm-hmm. there, right? Because like you can use there's like quick quick uh, things like you can put together such as like forms and stuff like that on Bootstrap. But you're right if you're just doing it for a layout and you're doing custom everything else. You know, unless you need it to be like something in like a template, like for like a template engine or, you know what I mean? Because then people can easily change the colors and that sort of thing. Um, realistically, if you're doing like a really easy layout, you're probably going to be better off just doing flex, like right in your CSS, because it's just going to be quicker. Um, so with that being said, um, a, lot of, a lot of what HTML, all the things.com's is like, is, as it's being built right now is flexbox now like a lot of it is that because like because the the control is just there like i wouldn't even want to use a block and i do use block uh, like a uh, box model like you know here and there certainly like i'll use it for certain things i'll be like oh i can't get this to a line right like i just don't want to like look up all the different methods i'm just going to use the box model here so i think that's one thing to kind of keep in mind is is even though these are you know essentially upgrades of each other it's just more tools in the box it's not like they're replacing each other Mm -hmm. You know, no one's going to be like, oh, man, this is box model. What the hell? Um, You know, it's still going to work. It's still going to function just fine. It's just it's just different. It's like a different way of engineering the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's I think I'm going to move on maybe to uh, ease of use uh, unless you had any other comments there, Mike. No, no. Yeah, that's good for layouts. Um, So I'm going to move on to I'm going to move on to ease of use there then. Um, So what I mean by ease of use is kind of like what what i thought was easiest to learn, what i think is easiest to do, etc. so for me the box model and this is total personal opinion, for me the box model was the easiest to learn. um i found it more human readable myself. um however, i will say that flexbox is much easier to do complex responsive layouts using less commands and less of that micromanaging that i mentioned in the first segment. so um Like box model to me, like the padding, the, the, the borders, the margins and that, and using, you know, just those few, uh, you know, base, base options, base properties to sort of set everything up really made sense to me. It really clicked and you really tried, you really start understanding document flow. Um, with box model, I thought, I think box model is a really good way to start understanding how the Dom and how, um, like a, like a rendered, a rendered page kind of flows. Like you'll, you'll see that in, in a lot of like beginner classes or a lot of like, like it's more of an abstract com, um, comment when you say like the flow of a page, but it's like the way, the way that I, the way that I, I think of it is, is back in the day I used to add an element to a page and I used to not know where it was going to be at all. And then I would have to go and like like essentially find it. Like this is when I was just learning. i had have to go and like find the element and then, m- then move it around to where I want it. Now I understand generally, oh, I'm putting this in. I haven't put all the properties in. So it's going to be, you know, locked to the left side. It's going to be aligned on the left, which is fine for what I'm doing right now, you know. And then I can go and like work on this other section. Like I understand the flow of the page. And I think personally that box model kind of let, like, kind of helped me learn that like a little bit easier i think however um with the flexbox you get a lot of you get a lot of uh functionality sort of right out of the box so the like i was mentioning uh how something like bootstrap really complements flexbox well it almost feels like flexbox just in its like native form and its most pure form is almost is almost a library or 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 something or like a like a, it it it's an enhancement it's almost like a plugin to css um as it as it stands. It, it it has a lot of functionality there. It's it's very easy to get to get content blocks to line up nicely. It's very easy to get designs to flip from the horizontal to the vertical. Um, it's very easy to do that, but it's not, in my opinion, very human readable. It's confusing when there's justify content and then align items and then those, co- those properties quote unquote flip when you change the, the flex direction from, you know, like from column to row, it's just, it's just a little confusing to me. And so like, just in terms of like being readable, being human readable to me, it's just a little bit confusing. Um, and that, that might just be personal opinion. And it might be because I learned box model first. Um, I'll kind of let you take a, take, take it away, mm-hmm. Mike with this.
1: Yeah. So for, for me, uh, it's kind of like the opposite. I st- I also started with box model, but I found it to be kind of like the most confusing uh, of the three because I, I have a little bit of a different story of how I became like how I got into more, more layout stuff. And that was I went to I went for box model straight to CSS grid. Um, and I was like, holy gee, like the the difference between the two is massive. Like it is huge when you when you compare them. I think like, like you said, that stepping stone of Flexbox is a huge one. Right. Uh, and and it, it definitely puts stuff into perspective, too. Uh, but when you go from box model to grid, it's even like it's an even bigger leap. And you're kind of like, you almost wonder why there was even a block model to begin with like that. That's how that's how big of a leap it was for me. Uh, but the, when I realized that, you know, CSS grid is not supported by every single browser, I had to go back to Flexbox and that was kind of like a good intermediary for me. It was a good step down and it still had a lot of the functionality that i liked from CSS grid. Um, but it, it was supported in everything. And so ease of use for me is again, I think Flexbox is number one for ease of use. Then it goes grid, then goes box, which is interesting that we have like completely different opinions on that, but that's, I think that's fine. It's objective, right? Um, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's because just, just like I was saying the the alignment stuff and you're, you're right in the fact that when it, when it flips, like from column to row, uh, from, yeah, from column to row direction and those justify content and align content flip as well, uh, that confuses me still. And I do it like I've been doing it pretty consistently and I still kind of like go in check oh doesn't work I have to flip it to align content that's kind of annoying but I think that's just me or like just just like you, just us not bothering to read up on it enough or something like that it, 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 again it's not a big hindrance for me I just check one flip to the other and it works so it's fine uh but other than that I don't see like literally don't see any other reason to use box anymore now that I at least have both maybe if I couldn't use grid as much I could see going back to box for some things, but I can't, like, I can't even think of an example right now where that would be, uh, where that would be used. So yeah, that, that's where, that's where my ease of use kind of lines up. But, uh, I think I'll move on to the next topic unless Matt, you have any comments.
0: Um, well, one thing I did want to mention is, um, and it, again, it just might be me me, and how I do things, but, um, I find that like you were mentioning how you, you don't really see the the need for a box model. Oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, for whatever reason, um, like a footer just kind of seems like it's finer control and needs ma- a lot more micromanaging in general. Because generally people pack those things with links, like legal links, links to pages, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, social links, whatever. And I find that I actually do, will use um, box model either in part or completely on someone's footer or it, on the content in the footer. I just find, I don't know whether it's just because it's easier for me to understand it, but I'll mess around sometimes. Because like, Flexbox, is, I, I would equate it to being more automatic. Than, yeah. than something like box model, and I find that like that automation, if you will, kind of messes around with like the fine tuning that oftentimes footers require because there's so much in there. So that's okay. just that's just my two cents on that.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I'll move on to support. So I think we've already covered it for the most part, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. So box is the most supported. Flexbox is virtually the same uh it's it's i i don't know i don't like we should have checked this before the show but uh i'm pretty sure flexbox is supported just at just the same as box uh and people just didn't use flexbox for some reason maybe because of its convoluted nature back then Uh, i'm not really sure anyway so flexbox is pretty much virtually the same support maybe a little bit less and then Grid is the newest one, the, the you know, the one that's supposed to take over from everything else. And it's so it, the actual support for Grid, I'll, I'll, I'll let people know. Uh, Internet Explorer is not supported. Anything older than version 16 of Edge, which I think is a year old now, as of this podcast, uh, is not supported. So version 16 Edge and above is supported. And then older than version 10 of safari so safari version 10 is supported anything lower so nine any of the nine point whatevers are not supported so that that um is brings me to a point where like i had an issue with it so i think i've already brought this up once but i'll I'll kind of quickly go through the story where i built out a client's page an entire pretty much an entire application in css grid uh, and it was great, like I loved it, everything was great. And uh, I went to go check it on my iPad, everything worked great on the iPad because it was a, it was actually for, uh, for iPads and specifically for iPad Pros, uh, first generations. And so what happened was when the client went to go open it, everything was janked, everything was messed up and he opened it up on, the, on an iPad Pro and everything. But what I didn't know was that when iPad Pro shipped, it actually shipped with uh, Safari 9. And CSS Grid was not natively supported in Safari 9. So I just went through that whole process of making an entire page in CSS Grid, like, sorry, an entire application pretty much in CSS Grid. And I had to go back and, you know, redo everything in Flexbox. Uh, it wasn't a huge deal because, again, like I mentioned before, Flexbox does share a lot of similarities with Grid, uh, especially in, in terms of the one-dimensional uh, justifying, aligning content. Uh, it's just when you you you'll have to, create more divs and more encapsulation, uh, to create your full on grid layout with Flexbox. So lesson learned. And I kind of want to just point this out again, because it's important to know who, where, and who is going to be using your content. Like I said before, like that, if you're, if you're developing for a, for instance, an auto body collision association, they're going to be a, a little bit of an older clientele, a little bit less tech savvy, you're gonna to have to expect them to be using stuff like Internet Explorer because they don't care as long as they can check their emails and some of them don't even have emails. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as long as they can check something on the internet, maybe the weather, they're they're gonna use it. They're not gonna care if it's gonna take them five minutes to even load a web page. So it, it's important to kind of know that your audience. Um, I think it's also important to know where to cut it off. So if only like. If you're expecting most of your most of the people to be tech savvy and most of the people to have moved on from Internet Explorer, I don't think there's any reason for you to be developing for Internet Explorer. I think you should be leveraging the newer features. You should move on and you should force people to kind of up, upgrade. But again, depending on who your actual main clientele are. And that, that's why I say main, because like if your main clientele isn't those people that are using IE, you're good. If they are, then maybe you should consider it still. Um so that's my spiel on support. I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Matt. Uh just quickly
0: looking on can I use I just kind of looked up CSS inline block and then CSS um like C- the, yeah, CSS flex. Uh so uh it's it's virtually the same. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 most users. So I'm just going to like there's a lot there's a lot of like versions listed here and I just kind of like I said I quickly looked they look, you know, it's virtually the same for me. It might actually be exactly the same, but in, in terms of the usage global, it's like ninety five point seven one percent of global users um, use use uh, CSS flex flex and then inline block is ninety six point one three percent. So it's like because it's still it's they're both using the display property um, to be to be clear yep. for everyone. So like uh, like it's virtually the same. Like you're saying that they were they're like virtually the same compatibility. That it, it is virtually the same.
1: So when you say like uses you mean like uh, browsers that support it is that is that what that means
0: um it just says it just says in in terms of can I use it's it's really just oh. the usage the usage of, of it i'm just I'm just looking at like the real world spec just because there's a there's like yeah. there's a quite a large compatibility chart um mm-hmm. here for like all the different browsers yeah but, so,
1: so we can just assume that ninety six percent of everyone can use that that's my that's my exactly
0: yeah like i mean unless you're really concerned in your project if you're if Mm -hmm. for like you know around four to five percent between those two um of people but like so for example here um as an example for ie 11 ie 11 is is full green for uh inline block but it's like a yellowish green which means like slightly less compatible more or less in uh for ie 11 for the flex box
1: i'm just curious how old ie 11 is ie 11
0: it's Real yeah, estate. so it's, it's partial support due to large amount of bugs present. Um so, browser IE version 11, is October twenty thirteen. Yeah, October so 20- <laughs>
1: twenty thirteen. <2013. laughs> yeah, so that I mean like that's not that's not I guess that's not too long ago, so that means flexbox. So that means block probably does have a, quite a long time on it. So when when is block not supported? Is there anything there about that? Or um,
0: well, it says it says here. Um, if I go to and just like I said, I'm in, I, and I'm going to link these these two pages for your guys to if you guys want to look at them. But in uh, IE, it just says 11, and then I click on it, it just says supported. Um, okay. But its usage. That. So for example, its usage, its global usage is 2.66 percent. And that that is uh, listed as – that's in the inline block. And then if I go to the other one, I think this might do, do the IE support uh, percent numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so 2.66% of global um, is under, – under the usage there is IE 11. Because you got to okay. remember here, a lot of guys will switch from Internet Explorer to something else on their computers.
1: Yeah, and all those, all those older, even those older versions would would support it. Like a a Chrome from that time would definitely support Flexbox fully.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just some, So yeah. So they're very, they're very, very similar because they're both older. But Box is definitely older. Box as yeah. block is definitely older. Okay. Well,
1: it's good to know. All right. Um. So I don't know. Like uh, I think. I don't, I'm not going to touch on issues because we kind of already discussed them throughout. So I think we're going to move on to our final segment: uh, web news. It sounds good to me. All right, let's do it. So unobtrusive ads. So what what I mean by that is, I want to talk. I want to have like kind of a discussion about what ad strategies you're okay with, and we're, it's going to be directed at Matt mostly, but I'm talking to the audience as well. So if you guys actually want to pipe in and you know add us on on Instagram or hashtag us on Twitter let us know what you think about ad strategies and how you, where you align on our spectrum cuz we'll we'll kind of give our uh opinions it's not there's not going to be any kind of like actual facts and stuff like that about you know this one's the best and this one's no no it's going to be just just our experience not actually putting ads there but actually seeing ads i think that's what we're going to focus on because i think in the future we'll have an episode on ads when we have a little bit more experience with them like where to place them what, what to do and stuff like that but i think for now let's just talk objectively let's talk how we feel about the these ads that we see every day and you know how annoyed we are how not annoyed we are and stuff like that so I'll start right away, right off the bat. Uh, so Matt, what are some ad strategies that you are okay with? And uh, I have a list here, so you can check out that list, but I'll, I'll just uh, read, read out a few here. So there's sponsored posts, banner ads, so those are like Google ads and stuff like that. There's full-page timed ads, so that's like uh, when, when you go to a page, news article, and a full page pops up, and it's saying like, five seconds until you can skip this ad and there's a full page ad there uh there's sidebar ads where it kind of just like stays in the sidebar the whole time uh then there's the chum box the uh you know from around the web recommended for you a bunch of you know really random s- stories that aren't really recommended for you but they're there at the bottom usually of an a- of a article trying to make you like you know almost like a suggested feed like in youtube but not um so yeah what's uh what's your take what's your what are the ads that are you're okay with out of that list or or any other that you can think of
0: well sponsored posts um if if i, I believe that would encompass like in a youtube video someone would be like this this uh, this thing is sponsored by whatever or in their feed you know equivalent like hey i really like this hard drive this is sponsored by the maker of the hard drive you know like the samsung or something
1: um sure Either that and like uh you know like a block in on a, on a grid based website with sponsored written on it. Um, or like, you know, on a news based website, you're scrolling through the news, there's news, news, news. And then one of them will be, will say sponsored specifically mentioned sponsored, but it'll, it'll almost look like a news article, right? But it, it will be, it will say sponsored and it'll be like a, an ad for something. I'm
0: definitely okay with them when they're not intrusive and when they're disclosed. So if it says sponsored or if it's like a different color, uh, that means it's sponsored or if it's like disclosed on Instagram in the caption or however you disclose things on Instagram now. Um, or if it says like, Hey, this is the sponsor for this video. Um, that's a little more intrusive, but I'm okay with that. I will say mm-hmm. it's a little annoying in videos when it's, there's a YouTube ad, like a standard YouTube, you know, Google ad, whatever you want to call it. And then mm-hmm. there's also the, the sponsored spot. So it's sort of like, yeah, to remember that people are complaining about ads on television. Well, you know some of these videos are 5 or 10 minutes and i'm watching four ads sometimes because yeah. there's multiple ads at the beginning of a lot of videos now i'm getting two or three ads at the beginning of videos now
1: and there's like middle ads too like
0: yeah, oh yeah there's middle ads which is yeah. like another whole another whole thing so so there's what, that
1: yeah what about like webpage sponsored stuff
0: Webpage sponsored stuff, if it's within the grid, so if it's like a blog, a blog grid where like there's a collection of posts, I'm fine with that because as long as it's, as long as it's actually shown, um, as long as it's actually like, you know, like I said, different color, different, whatever, I'm absolutely Mm -hmm. fine with that. I don't like them and I don't know whether these would be sponsored posts. I don't like them when they have that stupid and it's really freaking annoying actually when you, when you're on mobile and you're scrolling and then a fucking car ad comes like whipping in it's like it like comes like sliding in so you're scrolling and then this like little banner ad scrolls up with you and it's like keep scrolling to make sure you you can read the article and then like you keep scrolling and then the car ad like flies off into the into nowhere you know i don't know Mm -hmm. if you've ever experienced those
1: yeah yeah i've definitely experienced those those i would say those are definitely obtrusive and like they 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 ruin the flow of the application too
0: like you're in the you're in the way you're in the way of me using your site and 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 90 percent of the time I mean, not to sound crass, but 90% of the time, I don't care enough about what I'm reading to continue when that happens. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's like if, when that happens, it's like, no, okay, I'm out of here. You know, I I don't, I don't care now. Um, but you know, if they're, if they're done right in those methods that I said, for sure, I would say, I would say I'm fine with, I'm fine with that. That's sponsored posts are probably like a standard way of advertising. And I'm totally fine with those.
1: Do you ever click on them?
0: Um, I will click on some, I have clicked on a few Google ads for sure. Um, A lot of the time, if it's something in the video, I will actually just look it up. I won't actually click on if they have a link in the description or whatever. I'll actually just like open another tab and maybe look it up if I'm legitimately interested. Because like I will use ad, like I will read the odd ad. Like, you know, obviously ads work. Everyone says like, who clicks on ads? Well, I mean, if it's interesting to me, if it's something serious, like, I don't know, a new keyboard or something, you know, a new software that comes out, a new... Um, there's a couple of like, you know, competitors to Webflow, for example, and those have popped up in my Facebook feed, um, as I, as like sponsored posts within my Facebook feed. And I've, I've clicked on those. So if it's, if it's interesting to me and you know, it's not some sort of like scammy looking ad, like those stupid flash games that we, that used to show up on, on everything back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. if it's not that, you know, I'm fine with clicking on them if I'm interested in them.
1: Okay, cool. So like, okay. What, what about the, any other ones that you're okay with? So, are you okay with the sidebar ad or the banner ad? Banner that ad, like- yes. Banner
0: ad, yeah. And I actually condone those on, on uh, ad on uh, apps. So I like a banner ad because I get used to them being there because they're usually permanent. So it's yeah. like people always complain, like, "Oh, this is ad supported. This is this. This is that." Well, you know, the guy needs to be paid somehow. The person that, that developed the yeah. app, the app needs to be paid somehow. And it's really annoying when, like, a video ad will pop up and it's like, well, you're going to get more gold if you listen to this ad. Those kind of annoy me because it's like, oh, now I'm going to watch it. Like, it's like almost going – it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the movie theater to watch the previews and then I'm going to come home.
1: Yeah. You know, that's so – it's yeah. weird. So the full-page full, t- full page timed ads definitely no-go for you then because they, they – like, anything – I think anything that ruins the flow of you using the application, is should be a no-go. Like, it should be so – simple like simple for them not to do that um i think it's a no-go but i i don't mind them when they're optional
0: so something like uh adventure capitalist i mean i haven't played in years so god knows what it's like now but back when i Mm -hmm. played it i there used to be that thing where it would multiply your money by three times or something like that if you watch an ad and you could watch like i think it was like something like three in a row to get the maximum amount of boost um for like 12 hours or however long it was I'm fine with those because, like, I am choosing to click on that. Like, it's it's like it. But like, it's, is it's really
1: bad. a choice when you're like, if you don't do that, you don't get to play the game to the full extent. Like, that, it that that's it, it my is, problem it with is those and ads. It isn't because you almost feel bad that you're not watching an ad at that point. Is that a problem? Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know how I feel about those things because, like, if I choose not to watch an ad, say I don't have enough time. Sometimes it happens, and I and I go into a game like Adventure Capitalist or any sort of idle clicker game. Everyone knows that, like, you watch ads, you get either coins or you get more time or something, a boost. Um, I feel like it's weird. I have a weird feeling where I'm, like, I'm wasting my time here because I haven't watched an ad and made, got that boost. And I, I, I don't know if I like that. It's a, it's, it's a good point. Like a lot of these, I mean, not to bring it into a gaming podcast,
0: but a lot of these yeah. games as a service, um, I don't know if the, our audience is going to understand what that is, but a lot of the games as a service where games are constantly updated, um, and like timing is very crucial in a lot of these modern games. Now, I will say that it feels really bad when you don't get the, when you don't get the, the full extent, um, of the, of what you're doing, especially if you don't get the full extent of the time you're spending. Mm -hmm. um i will say that so it's one it's one of those things like i agree with you there like it's not it it is a choice and it isn't i would say i would actually more so say like because the thing is is like if i'm designing a game and a lot of guys don't like banner ads like i don't mind them but a lot of guys don't like banner ads i don't want to interrupt you unannounced so the way i would monetize a game off the top would be this i would put a boost on make you click the button but it's you clicking the button and you know what you're doing. I think that's why I'm more okay with it.
1: Yeah. But it is it's not always there, right? It's not always present.
0: It's not always present and it and I'm not going to be suddenly be like, "Oh shit, like it popped up and I was clicking and I clicked on the ad." I know what I'm getting into. So I'm I'm okay with it because it's a gesture from the user that specifically is like, "Hey, support us and we'll like give you something in the game." However, it is you are right, it's not as optional as it may seem. If, yeah. if you want to play quote unquote properly yeah or it's like a psychological
1: thing like it's it, it they really get you psychologically with those things in my opinion um so okay so you're okay with sponsored posts for if they're done right mm-hmm. you're okay with banner ads right yep um you said what about full page time ads that we did you get like you know what I'm saying with those right or do you well those
0: those ones those ones I think would actually fall into the boat of the, of the venture capitalist thing where it's like you have to watch this video for two minutes or whatever it is. To get the three times bonus,
1: I that, guess yeah, that would be but, for me. But, but there's no option to do that. Like the the issue is is that like if you want to go to the next part of the web page, you have to watch this ad.
0: Oh, so something like a, like a like a pre roll on a YouTube video is like a timed like
1: maybe. But like I'm talking more like uh, I, I think CNET had them and stuff like like where, where you literally click on a news link. And instead of taking you to the news lake, it'll take you to a full page ad, and at the top there will be a bar counting down with, with ta- time counting down and saying like you can skip once the time counts down. That's like AdFly you know I mean?
0: back in the day, where I mean it still it still exists AdFly, yeah.
1: but um. So so like what what about those? I
0: remember those used to be widespread on Reddit as a little as a little aside. I think those are pretty much. Been, I mean I haven't seen one in a really long time, uh, an AdFly. But uh, I don't know if, if do you know what AdFly is. I think so. It's like literally, like if I want to share a link, I find something cool. What people oh, yeah, used to do yeah. on Reddit is like you, you'd be like, "Hey, I really f- I found this cool screenshot." You'd click on it, and then it would take you to like an AdFly page with an ad. And then the person yeah. who like made that AdFly link would like get a thing, like get like yeah. a, a kickback. And then it would like go to the screenshot eventually. So it's kind of yeah. like those. and That's a no go.
1: That's okay, that's a no go. Okay.
0: I'm out. Like I, I usually okay. would just close it. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm so, not learning so, this yeah, today. It's, it's kind of <laughs>
1: like those exactly. Yeah. So so full page ads again. In my opinion anything that ruins the flow of you looking at content shouldn't shouldn't be done. That that's my opinion. You're you're in uh, the
0: way of using it like if your webpage is a tool like if I'm learning something and yeah. you're in the frickin' way like get out of here.
1: Exactly. What about okay what about sidebar ads and I want to just just stipulation they stick with you in the page right like so when you're scrolling it's constantly in the sidebar. So you're, the ads always there but it is in the sidebar so it's not obtrusive I would say
0: i would i want to say that that practice is okay but i've only seen them on really old sites and because the resolution of our screens is so much bigger the fact that some of that real estate because like usually those things will have like a content because like people will put like a content width limiter right so yep. that people with the hyper wide displays don't have to like turn their head 188 degrees or read a line mm-hmm. um you know that's like because we, we've had that i've had that problem actually recently um yeah so like we ha- we'll have like a maximum like it'll be like okay th- the maximum width that this thing can go to is nine is nineteen twenty right and then guys yep. on like the prop on like the proper screens will make sure the viewport scales and it won't be freaking massive. Well yep. the problem is is if it's an older site like I've seen on these sometimes that little box thing is like five hundred pixels wide or something and then like it's like dude there's not much of this screen real estate being used and you're using this like third for the yep. sidebar so I'm gonna say no but I think that if I if I I don't, I can't think of one in recent Mm -hmm. time on like a newer site, but it was a newer site. I think the practice is okay, but the current production that I've seen them in is a no go.
1: I think if I was going to a site constantly and I had that constantly follow me while I scroll, I think I would not be going to that site. That's my opinion. I think that's how, like I, I, yeah. So no go for me too, then I guess. Um okay, and last but definitely not least, the the, the dreaded chumbox.
0: So that's like the I mean the bigger the one of the bigger ones is Taboola, for example. Yeah. Um we have experience with that actually. It's it, it's from it just says a description. It's for it's like the from around the web recommended for you. Yeah. Uh you know, post things at the bottom. Now we've actually
1: usually, usually really stupid stories, like real, like celebrity gossip stuff and
0: clickbait for sure.
1: Yeah. Like extreme, extreme clickbait stuff. Yeah.
0: Usually we've actually have experience with this with free photos, Hamilton. We were on, we used a, a service and, and, uh, they're not the ones that I don't think they're the ones that actually provided the chum, uh, the chum box, but, uh, they like, it was like a a, par- a party that worked with them or had like an app with them. But we used to use a service called sumo me, um, uh, I think it's still actually installed on, on free photo Hamilton. And that's that, that was for, um, like they, they add like shareable links to the bottoms of pages and that type of thing. And like mm-hmm. Sumo me has a bunch of tools. And one of them is you could add a chum box from, I forget which provider they use. And we had that for a while because what it was, was it was a credit system. So it was, it was free. And what it was, was if, if, if I showed a bunch of ads, I would get credits. And then my credits based on the impressions, I gave would then show my ad on other people's chum boxes. Mm-hmm. So when we were trying to like build out like get more traffic, uh we gave that a go. But the articles are really stupid and it really yeah, cheapens like, it really cheapens the page.
1: I feel like someone could make something like that and actually make it good. You know what I mean? Like actually make relevant articles for people. Uh it's kind of creepy though, like I don't cuz you would have to be following their search history. It it would pretty much have to be Google. Google would be the only... Maybe Facebook would be the only two companies that could do it because they already know your search history and stuff like that. Yeah. And, like, they they already do the sponsored ads, banner ads, right? So they could technically do a chumbox probably with sponsored posts, like, you know what I mean? Like, sponsored, uh, like, Medium articles and stuff like that. So Medium, the people, the people would give them money to put them in their chumboxes and they would place actual relevant stuff in in there. Like I could see it I could see it being done right because it's not obtrusive, right? It's just it's just annoying when you're like watching like I remember remember Techno Buffalo had this problem. So they gave all their all their ad all their site revenue to a different company to give to make it more ad friendly and these people just place chum boxes all over the site and like the problem is is that it's not relevant. So you have content like oh, I'm doing a tech review of this uh cell phone and then all of a sudden you have how to enlarge your breasts
0: yeah look at her now or like, yeah look whatever. at yeah, exactly
1: look at her now where have where has this celebrity been all this time like it it just like if it doesn't make sense and it it throws you off and throws off your rhythm when you're looking at a web page again i would say it's one of those flow inducing like without being obtrusive it somehow destroys the flow of your site so for me it's a definite no in the current state i think it is possible to make it decent. Um,
0: I would say with, in that same breath though, there are like Google ads and Google ads don't have, I mean, I don't, but again, have, I like they have text ones, but, and they also have like banner ones, but realistically yeah. speaking, all it would be, all it would be is a, um, what the hell was that? Did you hear that? Nope. One of my, one of my virtual assistants just activated. That was really creepy. When we were talking about Google, that really creeped me out anyway, yeah. sorry about that. Jesus. <laughs> Woo! okay, that, that really creeped me out. Okay, um, <laughs> to get back on there. Um, I would say that the thing with the thing with Google, now be quiet now, Google <laughs> uh, the thing with Google is that they like we already have like a, like you can have like ads from Google, right? like people put them on their sites for monetization. Sure. I would say that all they have to do is literally change the format of those ads to should do it again um that was that was oh god that's creeping me out seriously um all, she, all they have to do is change the um the change the like, the, like format of the actual ads
1: are destroying your flow oh
0: god that scared the shit out of me too god i'm just sweating now yeah. too Woo! okay good thing it's in the uh the web, the web news section just the editorial yeah section. yeah it's not, a... not, not the professional time holy god um yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the mic picked that up, but that was really creepy. I, I didn't even no, hear what she said. I got headphones on. I, just heard her I, I didn't
1: delay. hear it. either. I didn't hear it either. So it probably didn't.
0: <sighs> but anyway, okay. <laughs> but yeah. So like, if they just change like the format, realistically, they like that's all I need to do is get a picture and like change the how it looks.
1: But I I just like I think that they would have to provide different content. Like I, what I'm saying is like right now they do web they do ads for like you know products and stuff like that. I think that they would have to do ads for like articles, news articles, and uh, medium posts and stuff like that. So people would submit their medium post into a Google ad, right? Pay for it. Yeah. And that's what would go in those chum boxes. Not that's, that's just not just like Coca Cola articles. You know what I mean? Like not just Coca Cola ad.
0: Yeah, you wouldn't want like you wouldn't want Google to like 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 I mean they're not really clickbaity right now, uh, from what I've seen. that's a good that's a good question like like what type of ad content would need to go into those to make it work so you remove the clickbaity stuff but then it's like do standard ads work anymore
1: well even if it was clickbaity but at least was relevant like you know like let's say for instance uh it's a Something to do with technology, a website. Something to do with technology, like Techno Buffalo. Instead of being like, "How to make your grass grow grow, grow bigger," it's like five <laughs> five five best ways to increase your battery life on your phone. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that's, there you that's go. clickbaity, but that would that would probably be somewhat relevant. It wouldn't ruin the flow of your site so much.
0: Yeah, I'm reading about like a Tesla. I don't need to know how to enhance like or like yeah. where where like Dolly Parton has been. Yeah, I, I, exactly.
1: <laughs> I I just I don't understand that's what I mean. Like it's recommended for you, but it's obviously not because they just garbage ads. So yeah. So no to chum boxes as they are right now. Uh, So let's move, let's move on to the next topic. Um, We've already covered what annoys you. That's fine. Yep. Uh, Let's do, do you think ads on a web page or app are a fair way to monetize as opposed to, you know, doing the other stuff like uh, selling microtransactions, uh, premium currency, or just paying for an app? Uh, so a freemium ad supported application
0: so actually I have a bit of a a bit of a, a not a story but like a bit of a, a an evolution in thought of this so mm-hmm. when we were in college for example and prior to that um we like we weren't entrepreneurs and so I was sort of like in the boat of the general public and I am generalizing when I say general public so um a lot of people will like have a have an ad block they don't want to see ads they don't want this they don't want that they don't want to pay for it like they don't want to pay well. they don't want to they don't want you to do an advertisement. They don't want you to like, like self plug. They don't, they don't, they don't, you know, all these things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, dude, like I need to be paid in some way. Um, you know, and so I think, I think the awareness in the public is starting to become a little bit better. Um, there's still a lot of people that will complain about ads. Um, of course, especially if they're, they're too much, like if there's too, if they're too much, they're too much. And I agree with that. But I would say that like, when we became entrepreneurs, like slowly over time, like I don't have an ad block even installed, as far as I know, maybe it's disabled, but it like it's at least disabled is what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have it on at all. Like I see ads on stuff. Um, I I'm fine with in app in app purchases if they're, if I'm not being gouged, I'm fine with I'm fine with banner ads. Like I said on apps because I get used to it. I'm fine with ad supported ads uh, apps because I realize that sometimes an uh, an app is very simple and people won't pay for it so they need to there needs to be ads in there and i guy I, I like a, my uh opinion of this has really changed since we became entrepreneurs because the term sellout comes out a lot especially when you're talking about media stuff like oh you know you used to write a lot and now you keep you know plugging uh i don't know the shaver that sponsored you or or like the shoes that sponsored you or the desk that sponsored you and like you're a sellout it's like well yeah, because I also I also have a bank account, you know, and I also need to pay the bills and I also need to have yep. money. Um, so my opinion on this has changed. And so, yes, I do – to answer the question, yes, I think it's acceptable. I think it's a fair way to monetize. Um, I think it's a good way to – I think it's a good way to um, have the balance of like, you know, the internet is more or less free in terms of like payment other than the ISP payment. You know, you're mm-hmm. using most sites with the exception of some of the paywall for free. And then you're also having, you know, the persons being supported and then they're being kind of constantly supported too. So it's like, if I keep going there, they get paid every time. Whereas, you know, if it, it, it I mean, I, I, mean with a subscription, the same thing, but it's, you know, it, a lot of people are getting kind of sick of subscriptions too now. So it's like, I think it's the good middle ground where I think you're going to get people bitching about it, uh, to, for lack of a better way to describe it, I think you're going to get people bitching about it, but I don't care. Like I, I I take the feedback seriously. You know, if we were doing advertisements and we started losing ratings and mm. people were like this is just like like riddled with ads, like I really don't like it. That's one thing where it's like okay, maybe we need to draw back the ads, like the whole Techno Buffalo thing where like they got overridden with ads. Like that that's a more complex situation. But let's yeah. just hypothetically said, let's just like hypothetically say that they chose to do that. If they chose to do that and then they didn't and then they didn't take the feedback, which they did and they did not choose to do it um you know it'd be pretty bad if they if that was their plan like oh we'll just like like throw ads everywhere it's like well like come on you know what i mean it's not it's not like you know you go you get into um it's not like it's not like you go to the fair and every single time you want to look at an exhibit like an an exhibit you have to pay and there's like a window where you have to like put like a a thing in to like open the shutter to look at the exhibit and then they go to the next one i put a loony in the next like vending thing to open up the next shutter to look at it you know you pay to get in and then, sure, you pay for the rides, whatever, but it's, like, you're paying to get in and experience a bunch of stuff, and then there's, like, a little bit of extra with the rides. And, and it's, it's kind of the same with a with a, a website where you come in, there's ads, so you're sacrificing some real, some screen real estate, um, or you're do, buying a subscription, or whatever. But, yeah, I think it's acceptable. What I yeah. will say... Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead, go ahead.
0: What I was going to say, what I will say is I disagree... With buying a premium service that removes ads and then slowly them moving ads into it. Into the premium service? Absolutely. That happens? Twitch Prime. Is now now they've actually removed the feature. Oh, Twitch yeah, Prime no right. longer has ad free viewing. Yep. Now that what that's a little bit different because they physically removed the feature. They didn't mm-hmm. just say like, oh, we're just gonna have ads for Twitch Prime users. Like they they like they removed the feature and they like let people know. So that's one thing, um, but I I've, I've been told, and like I've done my research myself, but I've been told by other people, several other people, that cable TV, the the selling point of cable TV when it first came out was that there was no ads, and then they slowly started working t- like commercials
1: in. Yeah, people and, just want more money.
0: But but now, if you think about this, and this is total hypothetical, if YouTube starts taking off, which it has, but if YouTube starts taking off to the point where TV literally is virtually dead, so it's dying now. I would say if it if it is you know pretty near eliminated, and most people are on YouTube, and a lot of people have YouTube premium subscriptions, I wouldn't be yep. surprised if they start putting ads in there. I premium wouldn't be, ads. I wouldn't be surprised if they start putting Netflix ads. There's like some ads for their own series in Netflix. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised if they start selling ad space in on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Imagine a commercial I, break. I don't,
1: I don't. I don't agree with it. I think. I think. Like eventually, I think that what's happening right now is the internet is turning into TV. Like, it. it the, the, all the video on-demand services, there used to be just Netflix. Now there's Hulu, Netflix. Disney's coming out with their own. Like, Fox is coming out with their own. Like, the every everyone is coming out with their own video on-demand service, so what are you doing? You have to buy all the channels, just like before. Will it's, there be a package hard. deal? I don't know, but probably not. Uh, well, but there might be, be. there might choose. be a, a
0: liaison company where they, where they yeah. come out and they, they, like this company doesn't have their own streaming service. They just liaison the thing and you could buy package one, which has like, ne- like the top three, Netflix, HBO and someone else. And then yeah. package two has, you know, like, HBO and this or like whatever.
1: It's frustrating to the consumer. It's under- I can't say it's understandable, but it is like it's understandable why they're doing it there you make way more money being the sole service provider of your content especially if your content is so important like disney makes sense to me like it sucks hugely like i wish that they would just keep their stuff on netflix because then it's just one subscription but like they're they have so much content and it's so important to people that i can see where they're going to make a lot of money and it that's the problem with a lot of these things it's like where do you draw the line? Like, yes, I'm okay with people monetizing, like putting putting ads on their site. But where do I draw that line? Like, how far do they go? Uh, until I'm like, no, I'm not going on the site anymore. And like, I'm I'm a little bit different than you, I use an ad block. But on the sites, the people that I want to support, I turn it off. Right? Like, I, I I don't like the web as it is right now, for the most part. A lot of sites, like, uh, I, I, I'm into sports, so I go to NFL and NHL.com. They're made by the same people, and they're very ad-heavy. Right. And it's so ad-heavy that, I'm, like, it actually hinders my use of the applica- of, of the website. Like, it's every click I I go, an autoplay ad pops up. Like, NFL.com literally has, like, video and audio autoplay ads popping up all the time. Like, I would just leave it. Even if, even if I don't touch anything, like, I press... And I'm just watching the scores of a game, not even the game itself. Just the scores. I just want to like, you know, I keep it in the background. All of a sudden, I'll have a Ford truck commercial go on like full blast volume. See okay.
0: that—that's celody to me, because yeah. because it's like it's like, honestly, does 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 the NHL or NFL or any of those big leagues need money? Look at what the players are being paid. Like I don't really watch sports, but like I hear the numbers.
1: It's millions. I don't, I don't think that a lot of these. Like, I don't think the money trickles down to even the league. I think it's just the people that make these sites. So I think instead of, you know, paying to make a site and maintain it, they just take all the revenue for the ads. And the NHL and NFL are like, ah, we don't care. Like, at least we have a site up.
0: Oh, that that's interesting. Like, maybe, like, yeah. see, there's a lot of stuff like that that happens in the background that you never see. It's like, you know, I'm, I've yeah. already pointed the finger saying, like, hey, you guys are already rich. Why you guys like plastering us with ads? Like you know, I mean, mean, if you want to have ads in some places, like it's a business fine, but if it's over, if it's over, you know, encumbering. But that's a good question: is like, what if it, what if it's like a web agency and their only stream of revenue from the NFL or whoever or the NHL is literally. Is literally just like, okay, you guys, like, we don't know what the deal is, but like, maybe it's like, hey, you guys, we're not going to pay you guys to make the site, Mm -hmm. but we're going to let you make the site for us. It's going to be the official site of the league. So there's going to be tons of traffic and you guys take all or a portion of the ad revenue. Yeah. And like, that's a huge server cost. There's so much traffic, you know, so maybe they have to do it. Like, we don't know the whole situation, but if if, if there's a big money pool there, like if it is the league themselves, come on guys. Like that's sellouty to me. Yeah. personally,
1: it feels. but see like for a stand for a regular user, it feels sellouty when they don't know the full story like i'm 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 ninety five percent sure that it's might like i I'm pretty sure I've read about it because um recently like I know that all of the major sports sites are made by the same company.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so maybe it just, it's something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's not. It's it's just like they're they're offering a service and they're taking like maybe they only take a percentage of the ad revenue, but regardless, they're taking a big chunk, and that's why they make these sites for free, or that's why they make these sites at a lower rate. Anyway, that that is a that is a strategy, right? And that's an ad strategy. So keep that in mind. I don't know. I think um, let's uh let's get on to the next the next question, the the final question here. Sounds uh, good do you care what company's ads are served to you? I.e., like, if you hate Coca-Cola, are you going to be mad at the at the serving of, of, of a Coca-Cola ad to you?
0: Myself, no. Not necessarily. Uh, I am more of a Pepsi fan, just a disclaimer there.
1: Yeah, that's why I used the Coke example.
0: Uh, a vintage Pepsi collector as well. But, yeah. um hmm that's a good uh no i would say i would say no i would say that uh repetition is the thing that gets me it's like i'm not gonna be like man fuck like because i don't necessarily like the iphone too much for example Mm. like i'm more of an android guy obviously so it's it's like i'm gonna see iphone ads i'm not gonna get mad that i saw an iphone ad but i might start getting a little annoyed if it's constantly thrown in my face but there's no way to maybe target that down so precisely because it's like this guy has an ad profile that says tech iPhone equals tech, then show him ad, you know, you could, there's like some more, well, probably a lot more complexity to the, uh, algorithm, but generally speaking, like some of that stuff is going to get to me. So Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm on the fence of that. I would say that repetition would be the thing that ticks me off. If I really like Samsung phones, repetition might not pick, might not tick me off as much. I might not tick me off at all, for example, but if, If it's, if it's, if it's repetition, if it's repetition, then, then yes, I think, I think, I think it's repetition for that one. I don't know about you, but.
1: No, it's a tough one. Like, uh, I, I think for me it's the same probably. I don't, I see, I don't treat ads very, like I don't take them at face value anyway. Like I very, very rarely will click on an ad ads to ads to me are just like they're serving a purpose to some, for someone else. I'll click on an ad if a I want to support the people that put the ads there. Right. Or or I don't know like there's ne- there's never really a point where I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the ad exactly what I'm looking for." Like I I very rarely have that. Um to say that, but then again, like in some, there's some email marketing campaigns that I've I've, I've been interested in. Obviously, like the, like the, that. I don't know if that considered an ad. It probably is. Yeah, like, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Like so, like sometimes they'll send like sale notifications and email marketing campaigns. I click on those pretty often. Um, so maybe it's just like depending on what the actual ad is. So let just like I'm not going to say like I, I avoid everything, but for the most part, I would say like any of those banner ads or stuff like that, I have I don't click on. Uh, so to me, it doesn't matter what's there. I think the big thing that I think we both agree on with the whole chumbox discussion is we at least want it to be somewhat relevant to the page so that it's not like jarring you away from the content. Um, like I'm okay. I'm okay with them knowing that I like tech so that at least they can put an ad for technology and not for like penis enlargement.
0: I will say non-targeted ads of any type piss me off.
1: Yes. I will say that actually. I, I, and that's that is kind of a a very polarizing topic as well because a lot of people don't like targeted ads because they they think that they know too much about them right so they'd rather receive i guess they would rather receive the penis enlargement ads um over a targeted ad because they don't want people to know what their habits are like it's almost like know. it's
0: almost like a constant chum box to an extent because i don't think the chum yeah. boxes are very targeted if they're targeted at all so it's so, like, good. so like, like I'm, I'm fine with it showing me if I was looking at cameras on Amazon, I'm fine with it showing me cameras, you know, everywhere. And people are like, Oh, I see camera everywhere. But it's like, yes, like there's you're... that, there's that repetition again, but at least yeah. it's something better than fucking like, yeah. you know, something stupid, like, or something totally unrelated. Like don't, don't, you're not going to sell me a truck. You're just not going to no. do it. So like go over there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not going to sell me that truck. I'm not going to buy that truck. <laughs>
1: I like, you know, totally, I think we're in agreement on that one to, to a certain degree. So I think I'm, I'm okay with them serving me the ads like for companies that I don't particularly like, because it's just an ad, like whatever I can, I can put it off to the side um for the most part. But I think it's the, it's, it's not about the companies. It's about what the actual ad is. Sometimes that pisses me off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say that is, is, mm-hmm. it it, it, it's the delivery of it too like if it's a really if it's a really um arrogant ad sometimes i find some apple ads to be a little bit arrogant sometimes the tone (laughs) of the the tone of the ad will kind of piss me off yeah or even if it's like even a stupid one where like one company is making fun of the other even if it's even if it's the company i like making fun of the company i don't i'm just like okay stop i don't want to see this again fair enough it's like i saw it once Mm haha the other guy's bad that's why i'm your customer You've already yeah. sold me. <laughs> Go away now. I don't know,
1: but yeah, but yeah, I think, uh, I think on that note, let's, uh, let's wrap it up for today.
0: Yeah. Um, actually one other thing I did want to actually add to this little piece, just one really cool. quick. Um, the one thing I will say I don't like is when, and this was like a trend with bloggers is when there's like an ad template that everyone tells you to do. Make sure you have the newsletter pop-up come up for the very first time for like a new user make sure you have the newsletter thing come up then have the share thing fly in then come then then have like another thing <laughs> pop up that says like hey you're new here would you like some of this like free stuff then have something else being like hey we have merch like like one of the biggest trends was was that was um, i mean there was like variations of it but was like the newsletter thing popping up and yes. it, and i remember like all the memes and stuff on reddit of like man like i literally have never seen your site before i want to read about x thing that i looked up yeah. I'm not going to subscribe to your newsletter right now.
1: the The weird thing is, is I've read many, many articles saying that that is like, apparently, the highest convert rate. Which it like is. I, yeah. I, I don't know, but who does that? Who like when it when they first go to the site, who's like, oh yeah, I'll put my email in here. If if you do that, I I don't know what to say to you.
0: Are we are we in an
1: algorithmic
0: bu- uh, bubble? Are we in an algorithmic bubble where we are surrounded by guys who are tech savvy because we're tech savvy? we're surrounded by techies or at least people that know what the hell they're doing with tech True. and so and so we're like and our and our ads are as we've said our ads are algorithmic are we are we in this circle where you know we're protected whereas the guys who are non-techie at all have never done anything techie in their lives but they use tech because it needs to be used uh in their job email or whatever are they like oh there's an email box here like are, is that is that the mentality
1: outside of the techie space oh there's a, oh, there's, a there's, there's
0: an email box here <laughs> and they possible. just type in their email
1: i don't know Yeah, maybe a a regular user will type in their email because like they clicked on an article and they liked the title i don't don't know like i i I don't know the reasoning but i could see that being a possibility right
0: this is this is why i delete my uh my netflix profile every now and then i'm too algorithmic it'll just show me like the same like 10 videos Like, oh man, check out this video. You like this one, so check that one out. It's like, I already checked that one out. Well, check this one out now, because it's in the same category. It's like, you know, I do like more than just one category. So...
1: You gotta check all the categories.
0: So, anyway, that's a little... There's a little tidbit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we're good now. I'll run the old conclusion. So uh, thanks for listening and make sure you do not miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. Make sure you leave a review or uh, a a like or a comment or whatever on the the subreddit or on the platform that you're listening to this on. You can follow us on the socials, at HTML, all the things for Facebook and Instagram, uh, at HTML, everything for Twitter. We're on Medium. We're also on GitHub. Uh, we also would like to thank our uh, Patreon uh, supporters, or in this case, supporter, uh, which is at the uh, the podcast promoters, uh, the podcast promoters tier. Um, I'm going to let you uh, say the name, so I don't uh, butcher it. There, Mike.
1: Yeah, thanks, Grisha.
0: Um So remember that we are also on Patreon. So Patreon.com/html. All the things. Check out the tiers. Uh, maybe you want to be featured on the show. Maybe you want to uh, just support us, whatever you would like, Uh, and uh, like I said, comment and review, and uh, we are signing off.